I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. It appears like retail giant Walmart intends to take on Amazon Prime yet again. The New York Times reports that Walmart is planning to penetrate the video streaming market and that it is in discussions with media firms including Paramount, Disney and Comcast about incorporating streaming entertainment as a part of its subscription service. In September 2020, Walmart had introduced Walmart Plus as a monthly membership service where there were benefits like free shipping, no minimum order and discounts on fuel. And recently, to increase the odds in its rivalry against Prime, Walmart Plus has introduced further incentives such as a free 6-month trial of Spotify Premium and increased fuel savings. We are already aware that Amazon Prime members enjoy access to a wide range of benefits such as free grocery delivery, access to Prime Video, Amazon's Emmy-winning streaming service, and access to Prime Music, the company's own music service. Hence, introducing a video streaming feature now would move Walmart Plus far away from being a subscription with shipping perks and more towards a membership providing a variety of services, much like its competitor Amazon Prime. As the fight for customers heats up, Walmart is also taking advantage of the fact that Disney, which runs the Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu services, Comcast, which owns Peacock and Paramount, which oversees the Paramount Plus and Showtime services. are all striving to boost their distribution so in this case it's a win-win situation for all the companies involved although this is not the first time the retail company has tried to enter the video streaming market a wall street journal report notes that voodoo an on-demand streaming service was acquired by walmart in 2010 for more than 100 million dollars however after the service failed to find worldwide recognition in 2020 walmart decided to sell voodoo to fandango a division of NBC Universal owned by Comcast but the competition is quite fierce between Walmart and Amazon for instance following the acquisition of Whole Foods Amazon enjoyed its own physical locations and increased its focus on pharmaceutical services it even decided to purchase one medical a company that runs health clinics last month and as for Walmart it has been launching grocery delivery services and developing its own medical facilities It has also been striving to build its own digital advertising business and expand its digital operations. Closer home, in 2019, Walmart-backed Flipkart tried to take on Amazon. The e-commerce company tried to expand its reach with the introduction of Flipkart Videos and Flipkart Ideas. And while Flipkart Videos was an obvious expansion into the OTT market, Flipkart Ideas was an Instagram meets Pinterest-like feed featuring hyperlinks to buy things in fine inspiration. But it looks like it wasn't a successful attempt. It will be interesting to see Walmart enter the video streaming segment at a time when the industry is already crowded. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. I am Farheen Khan and here is the deep dive for August 11, 2022. Onion prices are known to bring down governments, but in Bihar, data, caste census data to be specific, played a key role in the collapse of the NDA government. How exactly? 
Stay tuned till the end of this podcast because Dinesh Narayan, co-founder and the editor of The Signal, will be joining us shortly in today's deep dive. Now, Bihar's political drama has managed to capture all of India's attention for the past couple of days as Nitish Kumar's Janata Dal United broke up with its NDA ally, the BJP, after a long association with the Saffron Party and then staked claim to form a new Mahagad Bandhan or Grand Alliance government that includes Lalu Prasad's RJD. Leaving BJP to lick its wounds, Nitish Kumar took oath as the state's chief minister for the eighth time on August 10th. But perhaps the breakup wasn't entirely unexpected as there had been a growing discord between the NDA partners ever since the last state elections took place in 2020. If you ask why, political pundits have pointed out several reasons behind the souring relationship, and data is one of them. It all started with a rare display of bonhomie between CM Nitish Kumar and his young rival RJD's Tejashwi Jadav in 2021, when the two went to meet Prime Minister Narendra Modi as a part of a 10-member delegation to ask him for a national-level caste-based census survey. Both the RJD and JDU have been trying to build a case for it for some time now, justifying that a real knowledge of the population would aid development work for all communities. In fact, a resolution had also been passed twice by the Bihar Assembly, once in 2019 and then again in 2020 to conduct the caste census in the country. But while BJP's Bihar unit seemed up for it, the party's central leadership has been non-committal to this idea, saying that it is administratively difficult and cumbersome. Cut to June 2022, when in a big snub to the BJP, Nitish Kumar announced that his government would conduct a caste census in Bihar. But why undertake this laborist task? Politics aside, what have been the arguments for a caste data? We'll take this to our in-house guest, Dinesh Narayan. Caste has always been the center of Indian politics. I mean, it's been there forever. After the constitution introduced reservation for certain castes and tribes, other socially and economically backward communities also started demanding reservation and quotas. Now, caste politics revolves around taking claim on resources, right, right, which are quite limited in nature, whether they're jobs or education opportunities and other means of livelihood and progress. Uh, a fair uh, distribution of resources is never possible without um, good data. And this is where the crux of the problem also lies, right? Um, we don't have good data. We don't have robust data. The state does not know what exactly is the caste-wise population of the country citizens? We don't know the size of various communities that live in India. The last caste census was done in 1931. I mean, that's 90 years ago. Um, many communities believe they're not getting uh, quotas proportionate to their numbers. Uh, but that, that debate will never be settled without a good, robust headcount, right? Socioeconomic and caste census of 2011 did attempt to do uh, a headcount, but that data was not considered um, robust enough to be published. So it, it's still under wraps, and we still don't know what the results of that census. Now, one of the reasons which many people say it was not published was because it was a political hot potato. The rest of the SECC data, however, proved uh, that Good data can be so useful in designing policies and schemes 
for example, the SECC data was uh, extensively used to design uh, specific schemes to target uh, poverty and deprivation. And the results have been outstanding from whatever we have seen so far. So clearly this data could also uh, be very useful in many senses, but then again, um, it also could give rise to a lot of different kinds of political and socioeconomic problems as well. And let me also tell you here that the last caste census was last conducted in 1931, that is 91 years ago, while the Socioeconomic Caste Census or the SECC was conducted in the year 2011 by the UPA government, but after coming to power, the NDA government has refused to release caste data, calling it unreliable and unusable for reservations and policy work. The center also argued that a caste census data would also sow rifts in society. Well, that's a debate for another day, but India is not just lacking data on caste census at this point. The last decennial population census of India was conducted in 2011. The next one was due in 2021, but owing to the COVID-19 pandemic, there might be a whole decade for which we may not have any census data. Now, the next census will only be carried out by 2024, and that will be India's first digital census. Although the government has blamed COVID for this disruption, China, US, UK have all conducted this exercise in the middle of the COVID outbreak. And without this data, we're missing out on a lot. Dinesh Narayan explains. You know, availability of high-quality data is extremely important in today's world where uh, practically every kind of plan, scheme, um, or um, policy is designed based on data. That's the reason why, as you said, uh, US, UK, and China have all gone ahead with their uh, census because uh, it is extremely important that the frequency of the census is not broken. Because that gives you a, a series of comparable data over specific periods of time uh, with a specific uh, periodicity. So that's very important. Whether it is to, uh, uh, you know, to find answers to vexing questions, whether to do research um, or uh, mapping trends to forecast resource requirements or design suitable policies, you, you need data for all of these things. And census is the most comprehensive data set uh, which a country can collect. I mean, Indian census is the biggest data collection exercise in the world. It reaches every single citizen. It's not a sample. Uh, it is the entire population. That's why it's so important. So the broken frequency will make it incomparable with the previous census data. And the more delayed it is, the more difficult comparison will become especially because the last decade, the, the decade after the last census, that is 2011 census, um, has seen multiple events, black swan events that has changed the population mix in many parts of the country. Migration patterns have changed. Consumption patterns are not the same. So from a data perspective, we have a very fuzzy idea of how India looks today. And that's not a good thing at all. In the meantime... All eyes will be on Bihar as it sets out to complete its caste census by February 2023. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
We are the Signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.